the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. As we begin the week today here on Truth For Today, Pastor Phil Howard takes us to a brand new series out of the book of Hebrews, Why Jesus is Best. Join us next. The ministry of Valley Bible Church in Hercules with Pastor Emeritus Phil Howard. This is Truth For Today. Time to turn the page, as it were. We've been in John for a while, and now we move to Hebrews, chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. When God speaks his best is the title of our message today, and it's a clear look at how the writer of Hebrews compares Jesus to every other illustration that we find in Scripture. It's an amazing look at just how superior Jesus really is. Here's Pastor Phil with today's broadcast of Truth For Today. Let me tell you what the book of Hebrews is about. 15 to 25 times, at least 15 times, some say 25 times, in the book, he says Christ is better than or superior to the things he compares him to. And so he says he's better than the Aaronic priesthood. He's better than angels. He's better than animal blood. He's better than the old covenant. He's better than uh, uh, Melchizedek. He's better than Aaron. He's better than Moses. Over and over and over. And who is he saying it to? He's saying it to Hebrews who had professed faith in Christ. And they're losing their property They're losing their connection to the Jewish community. They're under all kinds of pressure to go back to Judaism. And many of them cave in while others uh, suffer the loss of all things. Uh, It's never been easy to be a Jewish Christian. Never. Uh, Being with Jews uh, in New York City uh, is a price because the Jewish community has been taught that Christians hate Jews uh, because Christians have persecuted Jews. Now, Jews persecuted Christians in Acts. But in the Spanish Inquisition, we killed Jews by the thousands. Many Jews fled to Spain during the Inquisition, which was primarily headed by the Catholic Church. But we get identified with whatever the Catholic Church does, we get credit for because we're all Christians. That's the way they view it. And they kill many a Jew. So Christianity is viewed as anti-Semitic to the Jewish mind. We hate Jews. Uh, That is not true, but that's how they tell it. And uh, hearing uh, Ellie Wiesel there and other Jews, it's built in. Because to be a Christian is to give up my Jewishness. Now, let me ask you this. If you became a Christian, would you cease to be a Jew? Well, when you became a Christian, you ceased to be black. You didn't deal with that, did you? Oh, when I became a Christian, I quit being a white boy. 
Never, never put that. For the Jew to become a Christian is to deny his ethnicity because it made his ethnicity one with his religion. You ask a Mexican in Mexico to become an evangelical, born-again Christian, it's almost like, how dare you? You're not only taking on your ethnicity, but you were a baptized Catholic. How dare you say that wasn't enough? And it's very hard in the Latino community to separate the Christianity that says once and for all sacrifice with the perpetual masses, the perpetual penance, the perpetual theology of Rome. Are you asking me to give up my ethnicity? Why, no, no, you'll still be Latino. You'll still be Mexican, still be Filipino. But can you be a born-again believer and still be Filipino? Come on, you folks, you can cough the answer, but I'm going to hear you. Talk back to me. When I ask you a question, I want to hear. You're still Mexican. You don't have to be Catholic. You Latinos and Filipinos, speak up. Well, the Jew has been taught and is still taught to become a Christian is to join those who hate us. Now, back in the first century, the Jews were persecuting those that were breaking from the Jewish community by their faith in Christ. They were not giving up Hanukkah. They weren't giving up uh, maybe the Day of Atonement as a celebration or the three feasts of Israel. But they were saying Jesus is Messiah, of which the religious leader said he's not Messiah. He's not. We've made an official vote as a nation. We reject this candidate for Messiah. Now, you're telling us you're following him, that he is Messiah. You're put out of the Jewish community. You become an enemy. Now, he's writing to these kind of people. See, it's never cost most of you anything to be a Christian. If you were raised around Christians, whoo, our boy became a believer. Instead of, we just put you out of the will. You're not welcome at our synagogue. You're not welcome in our community. How dare you uh, betray us by be following Christ? This is the pressure they face. Your biggest pressure is, can I make it on Sunday? Can I stand the people I go to church with? That's your pressure. What about, we're going to disown you? Repossess your goods? Drop your inheritance and disown you. We will set a plate out celebrating your death. You have died to us. This is what these people were facing. So the book is an exposition and about seven exhortations and about four or five warnings. Don't go back. Don't go back. Don't go. Why not go back? When you've been given the best, never go back. And Jesus is the best. And he's going to show them repeatedly in this book, why Jesus is the best. He is the best. Now, let us look at the first four verses here. Long ago, I'm using ESV. Some of you are confused. Some weeks I use NIV. Some weeks I use New American. Some weeks ESV. I basically use the one that agrees with me. <laughs> so, but I want to try to stay with ESV. Long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. 
But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son. This is the main verb, the main sentence. God is speaking in these last days to us in his son. He is, uh, let's go on, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint, some say the exact representation of his nature. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become as much superior to angels as the name he has inherited is more excellent than theirs. Three things we want to note. How God has spoken to the human race in the past. Number one, how God has spoken in the past. Two, how God is speaking to the human race at present. And by that how, who is God speaking to us through today? How he spoke in the past, who is he speaking through today? And the third thing is, what does he have to say to us today through the Son? And I'll select about four things. Be minimal. We'll go, how has God spoken in the past? He says he has spoken many times and many ways. He spoke to our fathers by the prophets. God has spoken in dreams Visions, read the book of Daniel. God spoke to Noah, build an ark. He spoke to Adam and Eve in the garden. He uh, showed up in what we call theophanies. Uh, when Moses in chapter 3 of Exodus is at the burning bush and the bush is talking to him, who's talking from that bush? God, God the Son. Any place in the Old Testament where there is a manifestation, Shekinah, by the way, you talk about the Shekinah glory, all Shekinah really means to the Jewish mind is the manifest presence of God. Manifested presence. And where God gave visible expression to himself, Mount Sinai, the cloud, the fire, that's always God the Son is in the middle of that. Because no one has seen God the Father at any time. He's remained invisible. But the expression of God, no matter where in history, even in the Old Testament, was through signs, visions, dreams, theophanies, the bush on fire, that rock that led them was Christ, uh, rolling back of the Red Sea. This is God the Son, and God spoke many ways through many prophets, writing prophets, speaking prophets. Uh, just think of him in Genesis 12. A moon worshiper. I can imagine him worshiping the moon, making his sacrifice, and God says, Abram, leave her. Get your goods and go to a land I'm showing you. Go. Like that. I mean, who's just talking? God? How did he do it? Audibly so Abram could get it. Amazing. Just comes down there. Well, what about this boy Samuel? Three times 
He hears his voice in the night. Finally goes to Eli. What's going Eli said, what's going on, son? He said, I, I've been awakened at night. I think God's talking to me. Eli said, the next time, simply tell him, speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. God has spoken to men and women throughout history in various ways, through the prophets. But he said in Matthew 21 that the owner of the property was wanting to collect the rent. The crops came in. And so he sends a delegation of servants. Go collect the rent. And when they get there, in this abundance of harvest, they take one man and they beat him up. Another man they stone. Another one they kill. The word gets back to the owner. They killed everybody you sent. He said, I'll send another delegation. He sent some more servants. They stoned them. They beat them. They threw them out of the vineyard, having been killed. Their brains bashed in with stones. And the owner says, wow, they don't get it. I'll send my son. They'll recognize him. And when the son came, says, my father sent me to collect the rent and to check up on you. And they all say, let's kill him. And it says in Matthew 21, the Pharisees, when they heard this, said, he's saying that to us. For Jesus came and they killed him just like they killed the prophets. And all the time, God was trying to talk to them. So after Malachi, God went silent for 400 years. And Malachi's last message in chapter 4 is the son of righteousness will come with healing in his wings and he will come as a refiner's fire in judgment and he will consume Israel. That's the last word. 400 years God is not talking to the race. The next time he talks, a baby is crying at Bethlehem. And this is the voice of God. God says, I want to talk to you. I'm not through talking. Well, who are you going to talk to us through? I'm going to talk to you through this baby that Mary has just had. And there's seven things about him that qualify him to represent me. How God is speaking today in Christ. Listen to his qualifications to represent God. Number one, I'm sending the heir of all things. Comes right out of Psalms 2. My son will inherit all the nations as a reward for his death. He will be blessed and be treated like the heir of every, the whole universe belongs to the son. And someday he will subject it all under his feet and he will reign everything. Even lion's temperament will be changed. They'll no longer devour other. They'll quit being carnivorous. They'll become vegetarian. He will make the desert bloom. He's coming yet. He has all authority over the earth. He's the heir of all things. I'm not sending an angel. I'm not sending a prophet. I'm sending the heir. 
heir of all things. What else about him that qualifies him to speak? Well, let's see. He says something. Oh, he is the creator and through whom also he created the world. Who created the world? Was it the father or the son? I heard father. Can I hear son? Let's get an auction going. Think of making the cake. The father got the ingredients. The son put them together. And the Holy Spirit decorated the cake. Because he said in Job, he decorated the heavens by the Spirit of God. They all three had a part. But always when he speaks of the son, he's always seen as the agent through which the father accomplished it. And so through the agency of this one he sent, God has created everything you see. I don't care if it's a telescope, microscope, how deep you go, how high you get. If it exists, he created it. Some uh, heard at a funeral yesterday about debating evolution. Some say there is God, but his method of creation was evolution. Well, uh, that didn't come up until about 1800. When Genesis 1 was written, there were no microscopes. God said, I created it. I'm the method, and I'm the source. And I'm sending a creator God to represent me. The one who participated. And he is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint, the ESV, or representation, King James, New American Standard, NIV, the exact representation of his nature. Wait, wait, wait. Radiance, that's tough. If you had a light bulb here, uh, if you say you saw the light bulb, what if the light bulb was turned off? Is that a light bulb? What if we turn it on and you said, I see the radiance. Would it be like seeing the light bulb? Yeah. You're seeing what it produces. God says, I'm going to send that which radiates me. He is the full external glory of me. He duplicate me. Did you know Jesus can do anything the Father can do? John 5. The Father can raise the dead, so can I. The Father can do this, so can I. The Father has life in himself, so do I. By the way, the Father's committed all judgment to me. He won't even touch judgment. I'm going to judge sinners, not the Father. Why throne judgment isn't the Father, it's the Son. He does the judging. He is the exact radiance of this glorious God, nothing diminished, and he shares his divine nature. That means all the omnipotence, eternality, omnipresence, all-knowing, all he did is he clothed himself in humility to restrain. He came like a servant, and he suppressed the external glory of all that he was, but he always possessed it. And when he emptied himself, he never emptied himself of his deity. He emptied himself of all that he could give. He gave himself for us. But he, ret- he was God on the cross. He was God in the tomb. He can never cease to be God. He is God. He shares the nature of God. That's who he's describing. 
who this messenger, who speaks for him today, this son, the radiant glory of God, the exact representative. And what you doing now? Uh, he's upholding the universe by the word of his power. And it's not a picture of Atlas. No, no, no. No, no. That's Greeks. He's upholding. He is the governor administrator that makes everything in the universe run like it should run. He keeps the sun from burning up the earth. It only gets so close. Well, uh, tell me which uh, scientist set that rule in motion. What scientist makes gravity work? Uh, By the way, uh, Mr. Scientist, when did you set limits to the ocean of how far it can go? Who set the limits? Who's the governor of this thing? Who keeps planets at the right distance so we're not burned up or frozen to death or that we're not inundated by flooding because the ocean gives up its boundaries? We ought to be real nervous living in California. Ooh, God slipped. We just lost another city. No, no, no. He said, I am running the universe. I am sustaining it. I uphold all the planets. I uphold the earth, the tides, the wind, the seasons, the events. It's being run by God the Son. I give rain to California, not brown, not any other politician. If I withhold it, it's withheld. If I give it, I give it. I am the unrecognized governor of the universe. Come on. Come on. This is our turf. I'm not a cow. They wouldn't have me. This is what he said. This is who he sent. All power to run the universe. Powerful enough to create it. I am his, the heir of everything. You mean this is who you sent? When you said you spoke to the son, this is the son. This is who he is. Now watch. After making purification for sins, wait, we just want God to talk to us. What are you doing messing with our sins? He said, I want to purify the folks I'm going to talk to. This messenger did something Isaiah could never do. Isaiah, you can talk to me, but you can't do anything about my sins. This one can. This messenger said, bring on their sins. Big, long, tall, doesn't matter. I'm going to do something about the sin problem called purify them. I'm going to purify. You know, prophet Isaiah said when he got the call from God, he said, I'm a man of unclean lips and I'm ruined. I'm dirty before this holy God. And God said, I'll send a coal from off the altar to cleanse your filthy lips, Isaiah, so I can use you. You know, I used to read that as a boy. I said, Lord, I'm better at cussing and say, Joe Mama, than preaching. You sure you want me to preach? I know how to cuss a boy. I don't know anything about your vocabulary. He said, don't worry. I got something that's made atonement for you on the altar. And I'm going to send a cold boy. And I'm going to cleanse your lips. And I'm going to turn you in a messenger of mine. But I got to first clean you up. I want to clean your lips, give you a new vocabulary, a new subject, and cussing will look like an insult. I got gospel. I don't have any cussing. Because I got good news. But I had to first cleanse my lips. Are your lips clean enough to bear his good news? 
That's what the cross was about. And this is Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Our time today spending God's Word to encourage you to bring you truth for today. If you have questions or comments about our time together, we would invite you to write to us. You can either visit our website and drop us an email, write to us via U.S. mail, or give us a call. Another way to reach out to us with your questions would be to simply record them on your voice memo app on your smartphone and then email that audio to tftquestions at valleybible.org. Our phone number is 855-833-9864. Our website, truthfortodayradio.org. And if you're writing to us, the address is 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278, Hercules, California. The zip code is 94547. If you have questions about the ministry of Truth For Today and how we are funded to air on this radio station, we would love to talk with you. We are listener-supported, quite simply, and no gift is too small, no gift is too large. Whether it's a one-time gift or a monthly gift, it all goes back into the radio ministry, ensuring that it airs on this radio station. So would you consider that as you reach out to us here at Truth For Today? One other note as we close out our time today, while Pastor Phil is the pastor emeritus at Valley Bible Church in Hercules, we are still very much a part of this body. And if you are looking for a church, we would invite you to join us. Now, we know that this current crisis has us all sequestered away. So you can join us at valleybible.org, where we stream our services. Again, valleybible.org. And then, as we find ourselves released from this quarantine, we will be meeting together here in Hercules. And for information, directions, and details, again, visit valleybible.org. And then, we invite you to come back and join us next time for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. 